Thank you for listening to We Have Ways of Making You Talk. Sign up to our Patreon to receive bonus content, live streams and our weekly newsletter with money off books and museum visits as well. Plus early access to all live show tickets. That's patreon.com slash we have ways. The Hargan women seemed to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings, wherever you get your podcasts. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Achtung, Spitfire! <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> hello. We're all laughing hilariously. Hello, we have ways of making you talk, uh, listeners and viewers. Um, it is I, Al Murray, in a measure spit 109. And um, don't be six foot three and try and fly one of these bloody things. But, but Al, you're not in any old ME 109. You no. are in literally the, the almost airworthy only ME 109E flying in the world. And this isn't just any old ME 109E either. This is the personal mount of Hans Joachim Marseille yeah. in the Battle of Britain. Yeah, ha- I hope he was short. He was That's a bit shorter, I, yeah. I mean, I, I, there is no room in here at all. I know this, the Spitfire has that sort of, um, you know, rounded canopy. It does, that's right. But this is like... Anyway, I, I think I might... I might I... Can we take your mic? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, open the canopy and then you've got... Yeah, it's yeah, that's it, that's, that's better. better. But it's amazing, I mean, if you, if you look at the control column, I mean, the grip on it is, is much nicer than the Spitfire, isn't it? Well, yes, it doesn't have that round uh, thing on the. I mean, it's. It, I, I don't know. Um, I need to. I need to somehow send my twelve-year-old self a telegram and say you sat in a one hundred and nine. <laughs> this is quite extraordinary. What's the difference between this and the Spitfire then? Principally, well, there's a lot. Well, principally, this is a. This is basically a much better engineered aircraft in every respect. In every respect. In every respect from the. You airframe, do realise what you're saying. I yeah? know from the airframe to the engine. Uh, to the methods of production, way superior to our Spitfires. Right, so, top to bottom. So the way the way the wings built, the yep. way the fuselage is put together, the engine, the engine, and uh, even the. I haven't flown this yet. Hopefully right. one day, but those that have flown it say it's um, almost. It mirrors the baby Spitfire. So the Spitfires with the with the smaller engine, the Mark Fives, yeah. for instance. They are the best. They are the epitome of the Spitfire and its handling characteristics. And this apparently is exactly the same. Right. That's the feeling. So it's I mean, very it's, light, it's, very agile. And it's got this very, very small wing um, with a much, much higher wing loading, which does make it a little bit more friskier. It does. To take Twitchier. off and land. Yeah. And it's got this incredible torque. I mean, actually, the undercarriage is about the same because it's splayed. Yeah. But the advantage of that is that it's on the... The, the undercarriage is actually on the fuselage. Yeah, so if you, wing, it won't so come you up through the, the wing off. if you screw up. Yeah. <laughs> no, it won't actually. <laughs> but it has got it's got these little div, uh, devices on the devices on the leading edge of the wings. Yes, these the, little slats. Yeah. That will pop out 
if you start to get the aircraft a bit slow or you're a bit heavy on the controls, you'll get some warning of it and it will keep flying beyond when the Spitfire would have stalled. Would have stalled. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's that that enables them to outturn the Spitfire. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. If you if in, in the hands of a very experienced and competent exactly. pilot. Yeah. Now, um, because you restore Spitfires all the time, but did, did you restore this aircraft? No, we no. didn't. It's, uh, this belongs to um, uh, an Australian collect collector. There's only right. two flying Messerschmitt 109 es in the world at the wow. moment. The other one's in, in in the States, but it's owned by, uh, as I say, a, an Australian collector. We're waiting for the engine to be completed. It's undergoing an overhaul at the moment, and then we should be flying again. But that is really all we've done. It came to us as a complete aeroplane, but just needed some, some maintenance work going on it. It's restored by um, a fellow Great called Joe. Craig Charleston. Charleston. He's a lovely, lovely bloke. He's such a nice guy. And um, he's got this amazing shed near his house uh, in Ipswich, and it's just full of ME109 bits. But if you, if you had incredible. to start tomorrow on an ME109, what, what would you, what, how, how would you address a fresh engineering restoration project like that? Where would you begin? Well, you, as um, James just said, that the, this has already been restored, heavily yeah. restored, so all the information is there. So we, but we would need the help of Craig Charleston. Craig Charleston right. is the, he's the, the, he's yeah, the He's exactly. the man in the world, he's isn't the he? He's the man for Messerschmitt 109s at 9 right. So it's already been done. The hurdles have already been yeah, yeah. crossed, and then so we, but we, with, his, with his help, we could do it. Right. Yeah. Build fresh jigs. Exactly. Yeah. Work out how to how to because the the wing isn't panelled or as extensively panelled as the Spitfire wing, is it? It's almost it's sort it's of single, flat. It's almost straight. flat. It's single it pieces rather yeah. than the endless sort of jigsaw of the. That's exactly right. The biggest um, issue with. These, uh, with the Messerschmitt is the engine and engine spares yeah. and the knowledge that uh, it doesn't exist like it does with the Merlin engine so we've got an engine we've had issues with the engine and it's really because we don't really understand the full mechanics of it how it works and the yeah. and the manufacture of parts is a problem because some of the information is missing so without that it's a case of analysing parts, original parts. Mercedes-Benz? Mercedes-Benz, Daimler-Benz. Daimler-Benz 601. And they yep. want nothing to do with it now, I suppose. It's not like Rolls-Royce who <laughs> no. happily, happily no, maybe crack not. open the plans. Yeah. So it's all got to be done outside of that, and that makes right. it very difficult. Yeah. Well, there's just, there's, I mean, there was no Packard making them in no. the war. No. So that there's, although they did make thousands and thousands of them, yep. there's just not the kind of, you know, they were sort of destroyed at the end of war, a large number of them. And second thing, because there's only kind of three or four Messerschmitts in the entire world that are kind of airworthy or close to being airworthy, there just, as, as Peter says, there just isn't that knowledge. Yeah. There isn't that experience. There isn't, no. the, there aren't the machine what, tools, there aren't the jigs. If you want to know what's anything. going on inside an engine, apart from taking it apart, I mean, what, can you stick it in an MRI machine or something and have a, have, you, you know what I mean? Like, have oh, a look well, no, inside you, it. Yeah, well, no, you'd X-ray just, it. You would completely dismantle the, air, the, the engine and the, and the critical po components that you, you need to manufacture crankshaft bearings and um, obviously all the horrible moving parts that yeah. there are no spares for critical parts they're the bits that have uh, become the issue and you'd have to analyze them you can yeah. obviously cut through them and analyze material just to see what you've got but the, some of the it's just the manufacturing processes are the problem. It's not the actual material yes. specification, but how do you make it? How do you yeah, bond yeah. these material yeah. to that material? That would get quite expensive quite quickly. Oh, yeah, it? very. Yeah, yeah. It's expensive the, enough when we know how to do it. Because the Spanish 109s, <laughs> after all, the, the Spanish 109s, after all, have a, have a Merlin on, don't they? And they do. Yeah, do so yeah. that's, a sort of, that's a more straightforward prospect, which is why those exist. Yeah. 
It is. And fly. It is. Uh, but there's a few of those around. Yeah. And, um, but uh, they're sort of being modified into Messerschmitts. Right. So the, the need for Messerschmitt engines, uh, Daimler-Benz engines, is actually becoming greater. So wow. over a period, we will gain the, the knowledge that we need. As we've gained it with the ongoing operation of Spitfires, it will happen with these. We just need yeah. to be patient. Amazing. They are amazing. What about an FW190? Anyone doing that? Are well, there, are, there have been quite a few 190s. I mean, the amazing thing is, is they've got, well, they've got one at, um, at Hendon. They have uh, the which two is a two seater. It's a two seater. They used to run it. And it is 100% original. Yeah. Wow. Yes, I can remember running the, the, them running the engine in the 80s, I believe. Wow. Yeah, they used at uh, REF St. Athen, where it was in store. They used to wheel it outside and kick the tyres and tip some fuel in. And uh, have you found some money in there? Or have you no, I haven't. It? I'm just, it's leather lined. <laughs> Inside of it, it's got like a little, it's like a little leather lined pocket. Yes, it's unbelievable. Yes, we lined the pocket with, with leather. leather. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there are, we, unfortunately, we've got no Fockwolf 190s here yet. Um, there is a substantially original one flying in the States that belong to the um, flying heritage, which is Paul Allen. Mm -hmm. uh, sadly, not with us anymore, but the, his collection still exists. He's got there. There's one there. And there's one we're talking about, the, the Hendon one, which is original, and that used to, they used to run the engine in the 80s. Yeah. Sadly, they still don't, but um, I guess it's... I mean, if you, if, you, if you had to, you could jump in this and fly this pretty much straight off, could you? We'd struggle well, at the, the moment, because it's got no bloody well, engine well, in it. But. Obviously. <laughs> You know what I mean? I mean, yes. this cockpit, this cockpit is yes, essentially is. the same, familiar, the same, same dials, same controls, essentially. You, need to, you would need to read up the pilot's notes to see what the differences are and understand the gauges because some of them are metric and they've got their own way of representing yeah. power settings and things, which are way different to the Spitfire. It's got uh, an electric um, operation of the propeller, which is on the yeah. Spitfire, it's hydraulic. So there are, there are differences, you need to understand them. And, um, but sitting in the cockpit with some pilot's notes, taxing around a bit, getting a, to, uh, to, used to where all the switches and knobs and dials are, yes, it'd be fairly straightforward. Hör Geschwindigkeit mit Volt ausgefahren, Landgeklappen, 250 kilometres an hour. I don't know what that means. I would say, <coughs> Whatever you do, don't put the flaps down at 250 yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's right. That's exactly what that means. Start 20 degrees, Landung, 40 degrees. Landen Klappungs... Stellung, Flushenstellung, no degrees. But you eventually, you'd put, you, you'd, you would. You, you'd just pick it's, it up. It's still because they're fundamentally the same. Fundamentally the same. It's just a representation but, in front of you. Yeah. But the interesting about this is when they tried to sort of move it on from the Emil, which is what this is. Yeah. This is the 1940. Can't vintage. do it. They go up to the F, and then they go up to the you know to the up to the, the Gustav. Gustav. Yeah. It's. The airframe is just, it is a 1930s airframe. And, and you know, when you put this alongside, a, for all its brilliance and for all the simplicity of its construction and the rest of it, you put this alongside a Mustang, you suddenly think, oh yeah, this, exactly. is, this is a bit dated. And it's got nowhere to go. It's got no development to go well, really. Which is and they're, they're, they're forcing it into something that it can't be. And they try and do the kind of ME209, yeah. which is, you know, a kind of replacement of it. And that, that turns into a dud. And then I think they'd even do a 309. And that's even more of a dud. So they just go, okay, well, we'll but go But that's back what's to interesting about the Spitfire, though, because that's, we've talked about the exactly means of production that. is very much 1930s. But the, the airframe is open-ended enough to double right. the horsepower, double the loading. That's right. Yeah. They get it to this almost a smooth transition from 19... Um, 36 through to 45 
with the advent of the jets. It's almost a smooth you transition. You basically get 10 yeah. years out of the airframe, exactly. don't they? Yeah. 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 And then it's, words then words with to... this, it's just... Yeah. There is this absolute compelling need to get more power out of it. Yeah. But the power comes at a price, and the price is manoeuvrability and a whole host of other things. Yeah. And it's just, the, you know, and that's why Hans um, Joachim Marseille, who flew this in the Battle of Britain, you know, he comes out of his 109G, I think it is. It's a brand new 109G and, and you know, has an engine fire. And the reason it has the engine fire is because they don't have the right oil. So they've got synthetic oil and it's just not, it's not good enough and it overheats and boom, yeah. it's on fire. So yeah. he bails out, hits the tailplane, breaks his neck and that's him gone. Yeah. And it's just a complete waste. I mean, mm. it's, it's um, I mean, you know. Probably a good thing for the RAF, but but <laughs> but they are known. Him. They were known for their landing accidents. So I think mm. mainly um, it's with the small airfields that they were operating in. Bumpy airfields. Yeah, exactly. You know, that they don't like it. Talk. Also, yeah. also also the carriage. Exactly. You can't you can't see much in no, the forward direction yeah. in this aircraft, can you? No. I mean, uh, the, the canopy's small enough, and and squat enough, but but. But then there's, you know, again, the engine is in your is in your way, isn't it? it so is you must have so. to come in, like looking over the wing and sort of pootle in and try and come in sideways a bit. Which you do in the Spitfire, don't you have to? Exactly. With a Spitfire, it's it's it's, it's probably equally as uh, the, the visibility is very similar. Yeah. In other words, you can't see. So when you're on that last <laughs> yeah. last couple of hundred feet, the the runway or where you ex where you want to land, you can't necessarily see. But the peripheral vision, and yeah. same with this, is very good. Yeah. So you can see out the sides, and especially yeah, yeah. landing on a on a, on on a marked runway where you've got the edge bound, the edge markers, whether it's a tarmac, so you've got the tarmac edge to the grass, you can see it getting closer one side or the other, and you actually work on it to keep it straight. And this is no different. Yeah. But landing on a, just a, a, a an open field, and not knowing whether you're running straight because you wouldn't have a clue, that's when the uh, and it's being bumpy, so it's going from one wheel yep. to the other. That's when, when the trouble problems. happens. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's the and that's the difference with the 190 is that it's got this um, big, wide with, big wide undercarriage, big wide undercarriage sort of that, that turns in on itself. I mean, you know, it's interesting if you go to sort of February 1944. I think the the, the Luftwaffe lose something like 3,200 aircraft in one month, something like that. I mean, it's, it's just an absurd number, and I think it's something like 55% are accidents. Yeah. Just flying accidents and crashes and stuff, God and that's because the because it's very very difficult anyway. But by that stage, they're so short of fuel that the pilots they're training are not being trained enough. So so, at the start of the war, you've got you know frontline pilot reaches his squadron Staffel um, in the German case with probably about 150 170 hours in their logbook, something like that, and maybe kind of 20 hours 30 hours yep. on on type. By 1944, it's 90. Wow. And it's just not enough. Yeah. Whereas, in contrast, RAF pilots... They've been in Canada um, for a year. Well, yeah. And, and right. by the time... <laughs> and, 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 yeah, yeah, RAF and, and, um, and US Army Air Force pilots, fighter pilots, are reaching their frontline squadrons with kind of 350 hours. And, and that gulf, that, that qualitative gulf yeah. in pilots is it's why totally unbridgeable. It's why there's only one of these in here. Right. Yeah, but it absolutely is. Yeah, yeah. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Etsy. Looking to instantly upgrade your Mother's Day gift from typical to meaningful? Shop Etsy. Now until May 12th, get up to 30% off personalized jewelry, style, decor, and so many other items mom will love. And if you want her to know you put a ton of thought into her present, use gift mode. Gift mode on Etsy takes the stress out of gifting so you can easily find well-crafted, original, and affordable pieces from small shops. Just tap or click gift mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about mom, and gift mode instantly gives you curated ideas based on hundreds of personas. Need something original and affordable for Mother's Day? Etsy has it. Shop until May 12th for up to 30% off gifts for mom. Terms apply. I'm Anthony Scaramucci, former White House Director of Communications and Wall Street financier. And I'm Katty Kay, U.S. Special Correspondent for BBC Studios. I've been covering American politics for almost three decades. Welcome to The Rest is Politics U.S., brought to you by Goalhanger. Go on, tell us, were those donations you made, like Obama in 2008, was that idealism? Were you hoping to get something out of these campaigns that would serve your own business interests, for example? So I think this will either make this podcast incredibly successful, Caddy, or people <laughs> will be horrified and they'll shut it off right now because I'm going to be very real with you. The Obama donation, I had gone to law school with President Obama. We were not classmates. I was a few years ahead of him. It was 2007. It was then Senator Obama. I had a check in my breast pocket. I went over to the senator. I said, Senator, I said, you and I didn't really know each other in law school, but I'm about to hand you a big check. Can I lie to my friends and tell them that you and I knew each other in law school? <laughs> well, Obama looks at me, had the best smile in American politics since Jack Kennedy. Forever. Yeah. He lights up. He looks at me and says, I'll tell you what, if you double the amount of the check, we'll take it back to Hawaii. Okay. And I looked at him. I said, you're done. I had another check in my pocket. I ripped it up. I doubled the amount of the check. And I'm going to tell you right now, I've been to more White House Christmas parties during the Obama administration than the Trump administration. In this pivotal year for the United States, democracy and world affairs, Britain's biggest podcast, The Rest is Politics, is launching stateside. Uncovering secrets from inside the Biden and Trump inner circles and how they shape the world's most important economy, but also the global economy, too. New episodes are released every Friday morning. Just search The Rest is Politics U.S. wherever you get your podcasts. I mean, the, 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 we got, the British got their hands on a few, uh, on a few 109s, didn't they? Yes, they did. Al- along the, yeah. through the course of the war. Because there's that squadron, isn't there? They, you can always look it up. There's pictures of, of these with roundels on and hindquels with roundels on. When they, when they got hold of the 109, did, they must have taken it apart and had a look at it. And was there anything to learn? Yeah, well, the point is you're, you're already on a production schedule, you know, and, and this yeah, is, yeah, yeah. as Peter was saying, this is so different from a Spitfire. So if you sort of go, hang on a minute, boys, uh, let's start again. I mean, you, you take oh, yeah. some of the lessons um, forward with, well, you say, need a supercharger. Well, that's the yes, le- lesson one. You need cannons, lesson yeah, two. Yeah. But but you don't you don't have to catch a 109 to understand that. I mean, it's you know the next generation Hawkers are completely different to the Hurricanes. Um, and, and they kind of start again. And some of the techniques for kind of wing building and, and fuselage construction, I guess, are kind of 
they're learning the lessons from this. Yeah. But there's also flaws with this, you know, massive flaws yeah. with this, which yeah. is the narrow undercarriage, the huge torque on landing, the fact that you're landing on these kind of bumpy airfields, grass airfields, which, you know, only two weeks before had cows on them. You, you know, this is not designed for that. And if you're if you're got a kind of sort of 30, 40 percent accident rate, even at the start of the war, that tells you that there's something not quite right with this plane as a practical operating beast which is why later on all those you know tempest typhoons mustangs um they all have inward retracting undercarriages yeah because it makes perfect sense to do so and it makes no sense whatsoever not to not lose it say losing air but you're you're down that route with the spitfire and you can see that it's got that development you're not going to suddenly start changing it in the middle of a war no i think the 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 main um development of the Spitfire was the introduction of the um, injection carburetor yeah so it could then match the 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 Messerschmitt 109 because that was a big problem these these Messerschmitt 109 could just the pilot could just push the 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 control column forward yeah. and the aircraft would just dive so away Beatrice Schilling's orifice exactly Schilling's orifice. yeah have you got any of those around you, no we haven't no. it's just a washer it's basically. just a washer though yeah, well, that's the really funny thing I about mean, those all, all those is. clever people at Rolls-Royce yeah and it's a washer um, uh, the, the, someone goes the, she, she points out well if you put a washer in there that'll fix it, yeah, it. they it's must have right. felt pretty 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 bloody stupid the but that just the just the, something that simple that we were using um, float carburetors which really you know dates back to the very first com- internal combustion yeah. engines we were still using that and the the, the Germans with the, with the fuel injection system that had been in operation years before the start of the war i don't yeah. know what we were thinking of but yeah. that's what they had over us without a doubt in the battle of britain yeah, yeah. The, the one point i would say bo is is that you know the first two 109s they captured was uh, were captured in may 1940 and may 1940 is also the month from which they are um, um i think or is it is it even earlier than that that they commission uh the mustang yeah maybe it's february they start it i can't i can't quite remember off the top of my head but the point is is the mustang when it comes out also has a very very high wing loading yeah like this a very very small wing yeah and um, the difference is it's completely laminar flow rather than this kind of shape um so it is different but but the mustang in terms of kind of streamlined construction is is just in a kind of completely different league yeah. to everything it's that's the ne- come before it's the next phase it is. yes it is yeah. and because you can make it i mean you know com- I think a Mustang is two-thirds of the man-hours to make of a P-47. Wow. So obviously that then, if, it's, if, it's, if it takes only kind of, you know, a third less man-hours, that's a lot cheaper. Yeah. So it's about efficiencies and economies of scale and kind of making the absolute most out of kind of not very much. And, and you know, that kind of bespoke engineering that you see on the, on the Spitfire wing... I mean, obviously it is bespoke because it's bespoke specifically it for, for, for the Mustang and everything, but it's not quite as, you know, Mustang is just a totally, totally different beast. And it is really, really interesting when you see, um, I mean, I remember going to um, see Richard Grace and, and, you know, he had, a, had a, a Spitfire out there and then he had a Mustang and he had a Bouchon all in a row. And you, you the Mustang just does look next generation. Yeah. It does, it, without a doubt. It's certainly got a lot of, uh, improvements over the the Spitfire, but the thing that, again, that, that is failure in the beginning was the uh, was the engine. Yeah, yeah. the yes, Allison engine was, was made a dud. The, the, yeah, it was a dud, and it made the the aircraft absolutely useless. Yeah. So until until the um, the fitting of the Rolls Royce or the Packard Merlin, yeah. it became it, yeah, yeah. it became yeah. a viable war machine without it. And how robust are these? I mean, the, you know, the DB one six hundred one obviously can take a lot of flat because it's cast iron rather than 
magnesium alloy, isn't it? Yep. So, you know, browning 0.303 hits out, it just gets squashed like a pea. But they're still fragile, delicate aircraft, aren't they? Oh, they are. It, it the, doesn't take much to knock them out. No, it's like, like the, the weak point in all these aircraft is the, is the cooling system. You know, they've yeah. got radiators and you've got a much bigger area for, that you can aim at that's going to do damage. So yeah. it could cause a problem. You know, if you've got an air-cooled engine, you've got to aim at the engine. Not necessarily these, you could aim at this inboard section of the wing yeah. where you've got radiators and things yeah. and, it, and, it, and if, the, if a, a bullet just finds its way into the into, into the, the cooling, cooling system it's game over the airplane is going to not fly for much more much longer so why aren't all world war ii um fighter planes radial engines well in the earth i mean they were they understood drag profile drag which is what you see when you look at the front of an aircraft so you look yeah. at the front how much of it can you actually see well if you look at a radial engine you know it's, it's enormous huge. it's enormous yeah, yeah, yeah. and that is all drag and the only way to overcome that is more power, which is what happened with the American aeroplanes later in the war. The P-47 is a huge engine. This it's is a great, great, great big engine. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. because it's overcoming the drag. But they're not, in, in the earlier days, we didn't have the powerful radials that became available, even with the, with the Germans, with the, with the BMW engine. Yeah. So we just had to make these things as sleek as we possibly could. Yeah. This was a success, so was the Spitfire. The Hurricane was a bit behind. Well, the Hurricane's sort of halfway house, isn't exactly. it? Exactly, yeah. 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 Uh, as a, yeah, I mean, it's a biplane without the top wing. Yeah. It? Well, it is interesting. It's a fury, it? fury stripped down. Because we, we've got a Hurricane sat next to us right here, and, and we're looking at it, it in profile. It looks ancient. Well, it does look ancient, but, yeah. but it is interesting that if you yeah. look at the Hurricane in profile and then look at a kind of, you know, Hawker Hart or one of those earlier, or Nimrods, one of those 1930s biplanes, it's basically the same. But as you say, yeah. we've just with a monoplane rather than a biplane. Yeah, brilliant. Well, I, I, I don't want to get out. No, because you can't. <laughs> you just want to fondle Yeah, because basically you want to be a bit of getting out. And to turn it upside down <laughs> to fall out of it. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Absolutely you incredible. Control column, it is. I need, to take some, I need to take some personal photos for the for later <laughs> quite amazing yeah it's quite a piece of kit isn't it it is an incredible piece of kit yeah, yeah. and super rare I mean it's super special this plane and because of the heritage and because it was flown by Hans Joachim Marseille and you know a lot yeah, of people absolutely. say that he was the absolute greatest him and Berling were the two two to beat oars because I know B.B. Harman got 352 and Gunter Rahl got his 275 and all the rest of it most of those were scored on the eastern front where Kind of easier, yeah. um, but all of Hans Joachim Marseille's were against the RAF. This is just amazing, though. And most of them were fighter planes as well. It's a super airplane. Seventeen in one day, yeah. you got. It's super airplane to have in the hangar, but yeah. if, if I have to be honest and say that when we have our visitors through the hangar, we have to explain every bit of it. It's not as interesting as a Spitfire. <laughs> Shame, really, because it's. Well, I feel um, like I'm cheating on the Spitfire yeah. a little right now. We came, you know, we came here to look at the Spitfire. We've ended up with a, a dirty little cousin. <laughs> <laughs> little shrine. It's amazing. Right, I will try and climb Special out Special aircraft, now. though, it really is. Dignity. It is. Dignity. Yeah, it, yeah, it's a real Dignity privilege for us to have it in the hangar. Oh, yeah. Crikey. Would be good to see it fly, though. Yeah, yeah. That hopefully that will be in about a year, I would guess. Winkle Brown never liked these, though. He said he, the visibility was so bad he, he didn't like it at all. You can imagine that. Yeah, it's like yeah. looking out through... He preferred the Heinkel yeah. 112. Amazing. Yeah, isn't it? What a privilege. Yeah. Thanks, Peter. No problem at all. Yeah, yeah. well, I and, think... Uh, and all these bits as well behind us. Bits of smash... Yeah, that's a bit of a Messerschmitt 109G. They're just going to carry on talking now. We'll see you soon. Cheerio. Yeah.